You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, views, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello everybody, welcome to another Essential Apple. And it was a packed week, of course, because we had the Spring Loaded event, and it was indeed loaded. And uh, all the criminology about the um, swirly spring, as far as I can see, the only relation that had to the uh, products in the event was it's all the colours of the rainbow. And, of course, we had colourful iMacs. So... There we go. But here to talk about all of that, we have the lovely Gazmaz from the MyMac uh, podcast. Hello, Gaz. Hello, hello. Uh, yes, we've uh, we've already done our little piece, actually. We uh, a guy and I recorded yesterday, so that will be coming out early part of next week. Uh, and uh, thoroughly enjoyable it was, as was the event last Tuesday. I hope you all enjoyed it as well. Oh, I did. I enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was very good indeed. Uh, anyway, good. good. Uh, also here is Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, Simon. Actually, the one bit of criminology, oh, you know, when they decipher it all, (laughs) was if you were to take those swirly letters, uh, those swirly uh, icons, turn it onto its right-hand side, it was actually the E in uh, one and a half parts of the uh, two L's in hello, in the traditional Apple um, Hello World logo. Mm-hmm. There you go. Because they did use the hello. Uh, whether it's exactly the same as the original, uh, I couldn't tell you, but close enough. I've heard of Susan Carr. Can, can I, can I ask Mark a question? Of course you can. Oh, God. And what do you think that meant then, Mark? Uh, I think it was a relaunch of the Mac. Do you? Yeah, I think it was an... If it is to be believed... I think it's a really nice playback. So when the Mac first came along, it obviously was a paradigm shift and a change. And I think maybe now, and especially the way that they did the whole presentation, which seemed to be aimed at possibly new people hearing about the Mac and explaining what a Mac is in terms of the computer. Because as us tech nerds, we sort of know more about it. But it was almost like a basic dummies introduction to the new Mac, I think. Okay. Good okay. Idea. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm not a newbie because that'd be winding my brain round a little piece of wire. That would. <laughs> well, it was. Well, we won't go into it. It was a bit that got me when they said, "And here is a power brick. It's external, so you can hide it out of the way." <laughs> and that was I when I was like, "Oh God." I think that I think that the hello which they used it's just become associated with um, the Mac. I mean, we had you know the uh, the original Mac had hello. Um, and then when they did the iMac uh, coloured ones, they did Hello again. And uh, now they use yeah, it again. But there's always been a jump, though, hasn't it? It was like when they did the colour iMacs, that was a massive jump away from the beige boxes. And I think this is what they're signifying is this is a new thing. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Speak hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. So. Uh, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to hold. So, also, here is Jim. Hello, Jim. Hey there. 
There wasn't much on this week to be uh, to really to be talking about. No, no. no. As, as uh, we said before the show, it was only an hour. They can't have had much in it, can they? No. Is, <laughs> is, the, is the hollow not from the original iMac? Did, did they not say hello when it yes. switched on? Yes. With the smiley face. So you've got the iMac being introduced, the new iMac with the hello. You've got the colours of the iMacs as well. Yep. replicated in the new one so uh, I, I think yep. it's just a callback to the, 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 yep. the callback hello. to the good old days yeah there we go and also uh steve is here from geeks corner hello steve hello i hope you enjoyed the uh presentation steve i did yeah i was actually at work so i managed to sneak off to watch it for about 45 minutes and i called up so i came home man so excellent jolly good so now we're all here and uh, everything seems to be working. Uh, we'll we'll kick off. So, um, quite a lot of stuff, really. Uh, those who said loaded were not wrong. Um, yes. So there was the uh, Apple Card family, which I thought was a, a strange nomenclature. If it was me, I'd have called it Family Apple Card or Apple Family Card. But um, I suppose they don't want to break their Apple Card branding. Um, not a great deal of interest to any of us, as none of no one here in the UK can have an Apple Card. So um, it is interesting, though, that they're somehow changing things again. Where it used to be that your credit score was attached to one person, now all the people that use that card, it can affect the whole family score or that one person's score. So that's quite an interesting thing. But yeah. I just want it here in the UK now. It's like, how hard can it be? Yeah. Did I miss here, or did I hear uh, Tim say the Apple Car, and then added the D on afterwards? Because it did, definitely <laughs> the Apple Car. I just wonder about Freudian slip there. <laughs> well, yes, there, there is leaks that uh, Apple are going to reveal information about the Apple Car in the coming months. But you know, I'll take that with a barrel of salt, along with you know. Uh, speculation about apple glasses being due next year but there we are that's a whole different ball game um so i, I mean really yeah, you're right mark i thought that was an interesting point um about the the credit scoring i don't know if they've done that as a um to tackle the there was some backlash wasn't there saying that the apple um you know that uh who was it goldman sachs were not you know treating people in the same family the same when it came to um credit scoring and whatnot but i don't know well if they did they they did it pretty quickly off the back of that and there would be lots of legislation which i think they'd have to get around so i, I think they've probably been on this for a little while to be honest with you but yeah it is, but it's certainly a, a clever move it's a good it's a good move it's certainly and um i also think that's probably true i, I don't think they did it as a response to that because I don't think you could get it negotiate that that quickly because you're going to have to get all the credit scoring agencies on board, surely. But they've done a similar trick before, haven't they? They said they were going to make FaceTime open source before actually, you know, getting all the patents in the licensing sorting out. It does make you wonder how have there been any figures about how many people have actually got an Apple card. I've no idea. Quite a lot, I suspect. Well, Apple, Apple certainly themselves don't give out any information like that. But, the, you know, the, the same question would come from lots of other credit card companies. They're all going to have estimations on um, how much of the, uh, the world's business they've got or their own country's business. But uh, I've never seen any numbers either from Apple or from any other organisation. No, no, it's not. I don't think it's something they like to uh, talk about unless they 
got some well, stunning... it's business sensitive information, isn't it? So yeah, of course you know, it is. They're not, yeah. they're not likely to to shout about it. But to your point, Mark, that it would it would it would be interesting to have a rough idea just to you know see how much push and shove they've got. I mean, of course, the thing that Tim said was that there it's been the most successful credit credit card launch ever. So you know, take that with uh, whatever pinch of salt you want to. <laughs> yeah, make make of that what you will. Yeah. Uh, I did a quick search, and he reckons uh, as of March last year, there was about 3.1 million Americans that actually had an Apple card. Oh, that's quite, that's impressive. But then, but then, just to come back to the point about the successful credit card launch, anyway, how long ago was like Visa and Mastercard introduced when the whole landscape of finance was rapidly, rapidly different? So, yeah, it sounds a little bit like the Apple marketing machine going on there. <laughs> True, true. Anyway, uh, what what came after the Apple card? Oh, the uh, the purple iPhone. We had um, a purple iPhone, which seemed a very strange thing to introduce, to be honest. The mid-cycle, um, and it got its own little bit of, you know, flashy um, techno photography, videography. Um, is it replacing any of the colours, or is it just, is, it, is this an extra colour the body it, It's an extra colour. And um, my only thought was that um, in order to get all the colours of the rainbow, um, which, of course, later came with the IMAX, I'm just wondering if the purple colour wasn't ready for the launch of the iPhone. Um, And so they've added it in. Now they've got it because, well, just because they can. And then they can say they've got all the colours of the rainbow in both the iPhone and the iMac. But other than that, I no idea what they would well it's a, they've they've turned into a very listening uh company apparently so whether they're getting lots of feed about oh i'd love a purple iphone and they've seen enough push to be able to go out and and develop it but of course but is it barney the dinosaur he's the one that asked for it he's purple isn't he yeah he's purple yeah i have to say it is that um for yeah, but talking about that, I mean, the number of people who I saw online immediately going, oh, a purple iPhone, I'd love that. So <laughs> maybe they have had a load of people saying we want a purple iPhone. I've no idea. No idea. But it just seemed an odd thing to do. I mean, the only t- other time they've introduced something kind of mid-cycle was I, I, when they I do wonder, Product Red. Yeah, I wonder I wonder whether they've just got a bit of a lull in their sales. So this is a way of getting some interest in and, and the name touted about again, about iPhones. So it could be a, a mid-term push just to, to drive sales of iPhones because I, I'm sure off the back of that, they'll get sales of all of the other colours that have got available. All, all of the other colours, he says. We've got a few. But um, uh, maybe, you know, it, it's kind of a double win, really. It, 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 I'm sure it doesn't take much to actually put a new colour on the phone itself. And it's quite a good marketing ploy just to get it onto the event, yeah. possibly. Uh, yeah, I think well, so. The, the last time that they did a colour reveal was the white iPhone, wasn't it? Remember when the iPhone came out? Oh, I can't remember what revision. And it people were clamouring for a white iPhone. 3GS, I think. And oh, the God, that means I'm old if I can remember this. And now. the white, the white one. But the the thing with that was originally there was going to be. Uh, they announced that it would be available in black and white, and then there was a long delay before you could actually get a white one because they were having trouble with the light bleeding through the white bezels mm. on the front. First, I thought it might have been to match in with all the other products, but the iPad Pro isn't in any colours. It's still the grey and the silver, mm. so it's not not to match that. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be, to, again, like you say, to basically push the sales because it's only available on the 12 and the 12 Mini and the 12 Mini is rumoured to be not selling as good anyway, is it? No, that is also true. Um, it, yeah, I just thought that was a very strange thing to introduce considering how much other stuff they had, that was all. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, and then, of course, we had AirTags, the long-rumoured AirTags. Although I've seen articles um, since the AirTags came out saying that um, it's taken two years for them to get FCC approval. So uh, it might be that the reason that they've been holding back is because they needed FCC approval before they could... um, Apparently they started the FCC approval process back in 2019. So, you know, that could could be part of why they've taken a long time. Um, But what did we think? chaps who do you know anybody got any thoughts the price the price is interesting four for a hundred pounds that's yeah that's something if you're tile you're slightly worried but then slightly relieved that you know you've had a premium product at a decent i think half the price now um it, i can't i can't wait to test it i haven't seen many people do the test with it yet but i was um testing bluetooth trackers oh years ago and I always do the test where I put it on the ground and I walk past it just at a normal rate to see how quickly it picks it up. Uh, and I'm looking for I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing what creativity the YouTubers have out, have out there to test it. But all for 100 quid. Yeah. On the, on the price side of it, uh, it seems not too bad, except when you take into the cost uh, addition of getting cases for them. So if you buy a pack of four, that's 99 quid. You then, if you're looking for at least one or two, maybe four cases, you're adding on another 15, 20, 450 quid, depending where you want to go for a cheap or a Hermes uh, case. <laughs> it becomes a rather expensive uh, uh, thing to get because um, at first I wasn't going to bother buy, you know, buying one for you know for my, for myself. Um, having had a tie, uh, a tile a couple of years ago, um, I thought, well, I'll not bother with it. Then when I watched one of the YouTube channels about the security side of it, that swung it, and I said, right, I'm buying one. So twenty nine pounds, that's fine, but you're talking another fifteen quid to get a case to attach it to a keyring. So it might sort of hail the, the cases. Or hail the Chinese knockoffs on that one. Wait for Alibaba to get their hands on it. <laughs> yeah, you can get one for about five quid, which is not bad. But the, the question is, how long will it last before it dissolves? Yeah, I've seen a few on Amazon. Uh, from as little as £4, and again, is how long will they last, isn't mm-hmm. it? The, 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 the couple of things I like about the, you know, when, I was, when I've seen about security, there's a couple of things I quite like about it. The fact that it is, it's as secure as it is. You're not having to use an app to make it work as well that you did with the tile. Um, but there's a side, there's a slight problem in the sense that with at least with a tile, if you press the actual tile, you could find your phone if it was hiding somewhere, um, which you can't do with the, the tag. It's not, it's it's one way only. Um, but you know, I, I, I didn't fancy one at first, but I've gone and bought one, so uh, well, we'll see how it goes. That'd be interesting one. to hear. Yeah. Well, good thing about, well, the good thing about it is it's got a replaceable battery. Yes. You I saw a teardown of 
I saw that. I thought that was some sort of weird I fix it teardown, thinking, oh, here we go again. Apple's going to make it so that you can't swap the battery out. And then, wow, so you can actually replace the battery in it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a watch battery. Um... Well, you know what that means? Apple have now just counted their right to repair lawsuits because we do have a product you have the right to repair or swap out a battery for. <laughs> it's, um... The other thing about it is um, if you go by what they were showing on the keynote, um, if you have an iPhone 11 or above, the direction finder arrow thingy works fine. Um, so you get a very accurate, you know, bring you to where the thing is that you've lost but if you've got under you know like an xr or a 10 or whatever you don't get that so i don't know how how accurate the the non-arrowed search feature uh, will be i'll let you try and find out uh, it'd probably be and if it's relying on bluetooth the... yeah yeah, I think it should be okay because the new ones obviously use the U1 chip for the directional, but Bluetooth mm-hmm. otherwise, um, and it's obviously on the Find My app, so it should be okay. Yeah, and as long as you can ping it, that's the thing. As long as you can make well, it bleep. Uh, well, the the did um, a yeah. video of them, you know, them trying it out. Um, one of the presenters had this. He stuck up with a bit of gaffer tape under a a, a gateway, um, and. The chap it was actually you know looking for his lost product walked right past it and <laughs> carried on. It was a wee while later he finally got back to where it was, but um, I think a lot of it depends on uh, how many iPhones uh, are around the area. It, it does as well. That signal. is part of it, which is why Apple yeah. said you know not suitable for a pet tag because pets go where often go where there are no iPhones. Yeah, so if you're not in the town and cities, uh, if you're out in the countryside. Might not be quite so accurate. Time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. I mean, I've just looked up tile. I mean, tiles retail at $30. So, you know, Apple have pitched that at basically the same price. And several people predicted the four-pack kind of deal, um, Mm. which makes sense. It brings it down at $25 a piece. But yes, in typical Apple fashion, um, they decided not to put a hole in it. Um, Yeah, yeah. So now you have to buy something to put it in. Um, and as you say, uh, I think the, you can get an Hermes one for $650 or something. Bargain. <laughs> Am I right in thinking as well that you can't replace the battery on tiles? Or that? Uh, no, you can. The original oh, ones you can, you, can. The original ones were non-replaceable. Um, right. uh, uh, Jeff was saying last week that when his original tiles conked out, he replaced them with the new ones, which have replaceable batteries. And ever since then, when a the battery gets low, tile send him a new battery with no charge. Right. They just post him a new battery. But um, as he says, he doesn't know if that applies to everybody or because he replaced his non-replaceable ones with the newer ones. But there we go. I like the fact that um, if, if there's a tile, not a tile, if there's um, a tag on you or in a bag, you know, anything you're carrying, and it's not one of your own tags, the, you'll get a message saying that you're being, you know, you've, you've got one tracking you. Um, yes, they've so been. That was that was a worry I had. This, you know, somebody might put that in your jacket or your bag, and you wouldn't know you had it. 
so at least that side of it's been it's been yeah apple have made it very clear that these are for tracking you know it's not an anti-theft device by any Mm. stretch of the imagination because as several people have pointed out if somebody steals your stuff all they got to do is unscrew the back and take the battery out and that's the end of that um Mm-hmm. It's very much for finding mislaid or you know lost objects, not um, not for tracking people at all. Um, they've been very clever about that. I think the devil in the details could be how long it takes for it to uh, to respond. Um, so, for example, <clears throat> I've had it happen to me. I've left my bag on a train uh, because I was in a rush to get off the train, and I had like seconds to get back on the train to get my bag. But imagine. If you had that tag, you go, what am I forgetting? And then suddenly the tag goes off as the train's just pulling away. So the, I think it's going to have more success with the newer phones than it is with the older ones. Because like I said, I've done a test before with uh, the tile and stuff like that. And I can walk past it at a leisurely pace. And if it's relying solely on Bluetooth, yeah, that's going to be... Uh, I, I don't see that being a seller. But I think if you've got the new phones, then yeah, I'm looking forward to giving this one a go see what the response time is before somebody runs off my bag and how long do I get notified before it goes out of range? Well, I think, you know, um, they seem to be, you know, the web seems to have received them rather well. Although, yeah, I, that, why didn't they put a hole in it? That's that's my only comment. Gaz, Does got... Apple make products for accessories? They don't make accessories for products. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's, um, them, that's Apple down to a T, that is. Um, but I agree with you. I, I, I think it's a miss from Apple, a big miss, not putting some sort of way that you can connect it without having to have a third party um, piece of equipment to attach it to something. Then again, for a lot of things, you know, to be honest, for a lot of things, if you're talking about a bag, you know, camera bag, computer bag, backpack, you could just you're just going to drop it in the bottom of the bag, aren't you? So it, it's more for keys, really, key. Yeah, but that's, I mean, if you think about it, that's probably the the biggest um, use case. Oh, yeah, case. the biggest uh, use case for most device, people is, it, where really? have I put my damn keys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, here we are. Now, interesting to find. I didn't know that it didn't work in reverse, by the way. I was going to say, I'm looking forward to the first person who designs a case for the existing Siri remote, not the new fancy one, but that's not so fancy, and has an AirTag slot on it. You're not the first. <laughs> you're not the first person to say that. Um, actually, the other thing was a lot of people were like, you know, why have they made you know a new remote? Um, which we'll go on to in a minute, and it's not Find My compatible. Why, you know, surely you could have made that Find My by default. What was up next? Was it the Apple TV that was up next? Did we just seamlessly segue into the next bit? I, I can't remember if it was next, but we might as well segue into that next. £179. Yeah, That's ouch. All, that is all I saw. I didn't care about the Dolby. I didn't care about the speakers, the calibration, all that stuff. All I saw was £179. Can I just go back, oh, this, because I dropped out there, can I just go back to the tags for one second? Yeah, of course you did, can. Did I, did, I see, did I see, read right or hear right that um, if you find a tile and you scan it with a phone, I presume it's an iPhone only? No, it works with you... Android. The NFC, you're going to talk about the NFC, aren't you? And we forgot uh, to mention that. You because can... if you put in a contact detail, it can let you know, let the person know you're with the phone you or whatever. Yes. Right? yes. Right. You can enter the details. Yes, we forgot to mention that. You can enter your details 
um, and then if somebody finds a tag, if you um, you know put it put your iPhone up against it, the NFC will read the information, and so you could put a message in there like you know this belongs to Jim, please ring such and such if found. Um, and that feature is also available on Android, the NFC or any other NFC reader, apparently. So if you find a tag and um, you can put your phone as long as, you know, an NFC enabled phone will bring up whatever the message is. So that expands the, you know, the number of people who can help you if you've, if something is lost. Um and is that something that Tile will have, or is that an Apple only f- feature? I don't know. Gaz, do you know? I I don't know. I because this is a device that bears no uh, life in my uh, my world. I'm afraid. And no, so no, it's fair. I'm, I'm not. It's... I've not looked. I've not looked at Tile, and I've look, not looked at the. Uh, uh, this particular device in terms of getting one so i've not done a comparison but i think this is this is probably why they've taken longer because i'm, I'm going to give apple kudos here because the implementation and the processing other than not putting a damn hole on it the implementation of the software and the security aspects in the background i think they've really done a, a solid job so i don't think i've not heard people saying oh yeah tile have had that so no i don't i don't I don't. I don't think I've heard of any other tracker that has that ability to store, you know, NFC information yeah, so that you yeah. can get something. So I think that's probably a win. Um, like you, I I'll give Apple, you know, props for this. I think it's a really well done product, and they've pitched it at a sensible price. It's no worse price than Tile or Tracker or any of the others. Um. But why the hell did you not put a hole in it? That just, yeah. that's like a, um, and like you, Gaz, I'm not. You know you why? Know. Because it's it'll, on the second generation, they will say that we've listened to our audience. Now, now it's got a hole. The AirTags yeah. version no. two no, with no, a no, hole. You, and it'll be, WW, it'll be in like some event and all the staff and all the crowd will applause because like oh my god they've just reinvented it, the whole you you've missed you've missed the marketing opportunity there mark it'll be the pro version <laughs> yeah. it's apple's equivalent to not putting the power brick in with your iphone <laughs> yeah, well, so i think got... that's what i mean what the question in my head um, would also be why have they not done it so it's rechargeable and i think that's so that they don't have to put a cable in there mm. <laughs> To save the planet. Mm. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm pleased that it takes a bog standard CR2032. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really am. I mean, I did laughingly say to Jeff, you know, will it be a, you know, a um, chi charged type thing? But I think I'd rather it had replaceable batteries, to be honest. Because mm. even um, if it had a rechargeable chi battery, you know, chi charging lithium ion in there, that's not going to last forever. Um, whereas with 2032s, you can put, you know, you can go down the supermarket and buy one of those. Yeah. So, uh, there we go. So yeah, after, uh, let's move on then back to the Apple TV. Um, yeah, I'm afraid I, I just winced and went, ouch, really? Um, I like the new remote, but as people have pointed out, that is, uh, not find my, um, compatible, which considering if you saw the AirTags video of the bloke, you know... And it lacks all the accelerometers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, spelunking down his uh, couch, which was actually very good. I, I liked that. That was funny. As he went down there and there were, like, coins and 
uh, pistachio nuts and a, a, an see, iPod, iPod I really mini. Should, I, really, <laughs> I really should be on Apple marketing because they've missed a massive trick there because what he could have found was also an old Apple remote and then they could have put a fine mic in the new Apple remote. Et voila, you've got a combination of a double marketing win there. That would have been uh, self-deprecating yes. and rather funny. Yeah. But and p- p- because there were TV remotes and there were, you know, an iPod <laughs> Mini and or, or, or Nano or something, all sorts of things down there until he finally got his keys back. And um, yeah, you're right. And then they've gone and done a, you know, another yet another Apple TV remote, which looks a hell of a lot better and harks very much back to the previous one, the pre-Siri one, which. They they had which had um you know a four yeah. a four button or five button D pad and and uh, four buttons. Um, I, I quite I quite fancy this if I can link it up to my soundbar. But it is again, it's it's not a cheap price. No, too expensive, I'm afraid. Uh, you know, and it's got it's got what HD sixty hertz sixty hertz refresh and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, and I don't calibration. Well, the screen calibration was nice. But, but that, that could... comes down to the Apple 4K, to, not the Apple 4K, the, the one before the 4K one. So that's come the towards HD. them. Yeah, yeah. The HD one. Yeah. But it's just, I can't, unless they think that or TV files, like audio files, TV files, they really care about that, all the features that they put in. But are the people that are going to buy an Apple TV in general going to use this box? Or have Apple been stealthily collecting stats to say, well, we know that these people that have got all these posh screens and posh monitors in 4K with HDR and Dolby Vision, and we need a box for that. Mm. Or would the people that would be using streaming services go, well, we know that streaming services lack you know, the quality at times of a good 4K broadcast. So um, is it is it a bit of a niche product for a clear market sector or are they just simply gone, yeah, we're going to stick with our guns on this? It's, I think it was just with how prevalent you can get other boxes. And admittedly, I haven't found one that I like the user interface of the most, which is why I always keep coming back to Apple TV. But no, I'm, I'm going to sit this one out, which is a shame because I think I was thinking if they add some gamification to it, if they made it a bit cheaper and you know tied it in with Apple Apple Arcade a bit more, brilliant, sold, not a problem. Probably spend about 120 quid max on it, but you're edging into weird territories in terms of pricing there. But we all said that with with a load of their other products. I think that is it. There's not really much. There's not really much in the new uh, Apple TV to really want, want me to to upgrade my current one. I've got the four the four K one. Um, the new remote remote would be quite nice. Uh, you could buy that separately. Yeah, for sixty it, quid. I bought it the price. Yeah, when I heard that, sixty quid is a bit much. But um, you need to have the, a really new four K TV or. A, or even an 8, 8K if they're, if they're available uh, to take the real advantage from the, the its power. I don't know. There's, not, there's nothing much in TV that really makes it worthwhile. I'll spend. tell you what, though. It wouldn't. It would. Hmm? They do. Hello, Mark. No, one thing I wish it... Um, I would be more tempted if... Uh, am I dropping out? No, you're not. No. no. We just seem to... Well, not unless you... You're either pausing or you're oh. dropping out. One of the two. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I, I 
don't know what's going it's not like me to have wi-fi problems um the one thing i wish the apple tv would work with would be the new monitor the monitor on the new imac but i know we're coming on to the imac but it's one of those things i just don't have any need for it which is quite nice actually for once because it means i can save my money when they come up with the new apple watch later on this year <laughs> if they drop the price a fair amount uh i think it would sell better but it's 180, 180 quid for the, the base one. Yeah, um, I've got to be fair, like I got the Apple TV 4 and I've also got Chromecast as well and the layout on the Chromecast is very similar and that's only £50, so 179 I think they just yeah, overshoot in there on the price. That's, I'm afraid, you know, I've got like three Roku boxes. Um, I mean, I've got two Apple TVs. I've got an Apple TV 3 and an Apple TV 4, which is the HD one, um, which comes with apps. But for the rest of the tellies in the house, I've bought Roku boxes because you can pick one up for 30 quid and it's got all this, pretty much all the same features bar Apple Arcade. Um, no, it, you know, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> it's a no from me, as they might say on certain shows. You kind of threw me there a little bit because you said for all my other TVs and I was just thinking, hmm, oh dear, I've only got one TV in this house. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, I've got, I've got one in the living room, but obviously the, the kids have all got a telly in their room, so they've all got yeah, Roku yeah, boxes. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not one of these people who's got twenty TVs in my living room. You know, all going on different channels. <laughs> not like some weird, you know, psychotic <laughs> maniac in some weird thriller film. No, in the other bedrooms there are televisions um, which the kids use, and they've all. It's got right. Roku I don't boxes. need to know where they are. I just made me smile for myself. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> there we are so well, i think i think we're all agreed that uh you know as far as the tv goes that was a bit of a miss i mean they they mm. could have done a sound bar yeah. they could have made it a gaming thing they could have done all sorts of things and it really they've just gone here's the same one as before but now we've given it a 60 hertz refresh and a new game stick yeah no okay so then um of course we had the IMAX, the new IMAX, uh, in fruity colours, um, which again they had a video with a sort of a callback to the original um, fruity, you know, gumdrop IMAX, um, G3 IMAX, which was nice. I like that. Um, I'm torn about this one. I'm torn. Snap. Absolutely I like, snap. I well, like my, the colours. Yeah, sorry, go on, Jim. No, I was just going to say my, my first comment was it's an iPad on a stand. Hmm. Uh, my first, my first thought was, this is a Mac Mini with a monitor yeah. built in. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, and I don't, I don't know what we were expecting. I think we're all one day for me, anyways. I was expecting me a new iMac, but I thought they would really, really push the graphics side of things. And I know they never will because it's the same thing I say year after year. But when I look, when you look at it, and then you think, fifteen uh, hundred quid right you get a brilliant monitor you, you can get i think you can get 16 gig of memory they're not particularly yes. blowing that trumpet about you can upgrade it and i get what they're doing but i part of me thinks if i get it i'm gonna have buyer's regret because when the new version comes out which is say in a year's time i'm gonna go i wish i hadn't bought the version one and i can't help but feel as much as i want that screen and that keyboard i think i'm gonna end up getting a mac mini with 16 gig and then wait for it to, because that's a hot swappable compl- um, component, isn't it? I could just bin that out, put the new one in when they, if they decide to go and release it. Yeah. I do like the fact now 
you've got the same processor, good screens, the same RAM across all the devices. The only choice you have to make now is what form factor fits you and suits you the best, apart from the iPad, which is its own weird thing because you have this awesome, awesome chip that's held back by the software. But we'll come, uh, we're going to come back on to that. So I, I'm in the haunt of a dilemma. I really want one, but I just have this feeling I'm going to end up having buyer's regret. But I've done a bit of pricing. What is it? It's about £800, is it, for the Mac Mini 16 gig? Yes, then you whack that. on... So the price of a decent 4K monitor, well, obviously it's not going to be as good as built into the one with the in the iMac. What's a good 4K monitor go for now? About £300? £350? Yeah, you did. if you want a really good one, then you, I, I've done exactly this, Mark. I've done exactly that. I've got a 16 gig, one terabyte Mac Mini. And then I went out and got myself a decent 4K monitor. Um, I put it uh, a 32 inch. So, I, you know, I, I'm... When this came out, what I was concerned about was, oh, they're going to make me have buyer's remorse over the Mac Mini. None of it. Absolutely none of it. Because I've got a, a screen, which is separate, which I can put exactly where I want it to go. And I, I can also log um, other users that sit at my desk and then lock into that screen and use that screen. It's 32 inches. They've only got 24 at the moment. Um, I've got almost exactly the same components they've got in the rest of the uh, of the iMac. And basically, I've come in. I, I'm not sure what the cost of the the base Mac mini is, uh, sorry, iMac is, but this, this setup cost me uh, 12, 1300 quid in total. Well, and I, think... I, offset, I, I offset a lot of that by actually selling my old Mac minis as well. Yeah. Huzzah. Well, I suppose the, the one thing that sort of intrigues me is are they going to release the, uh, the keyboard with touch ID separately? Because um, th that would be very interesting because apparently it can be used on M1 Macs generally. Ooh. Oh, you see, this is, see, this is, I mean, ideally, I would love the iPad. I, for that price, I think I would go with that. But by the time you have the keyboard, by the time you understand. Okay. Well, hang, hang fire. Just, just oh, clarify. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. Just, clar just clarify here. The, 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 the iMac keyboard with the fingerprint touch on it can be used on M1 Macs, but I don't believe it can be used on the M1 iPad. No, it can't. Clarify. Yeah. It can't. Which would make sense because it's got touch and it's got face ID built in. So yeah, Absolutely. so I, I love what Apple have done here. I really, really do. They've sort of like just said, pick a size, they're all awesome. Just pick one that suits you. So it's that it's that quandary. And I think I'm gonna go down uh, as much as I love just as a geek to have that iMac, which is what is it? I think Gruber said it's actually slimmer than the Apple Watch. But <laughs> discreet, yeah. Part of me, yeah, I'm with no, you I guys. Think it, I think it, Mac it's Mini, nice screen. Get the keyboard for it. Accessorize it. Happy days. If you if you go if you look past the the, the design, which is either it's one of these designs you either like or not like, and the colours. Um, if you go by what you saw on the on the the keynote, you might get fooled into thinking if you pay one thousand two hundred forty nine pounds, you will get what you saw on the keynote. But what you actually get for that price is an iMac with two ports only, yep. not the four. Yeah. So if you want the four ports, you have to go up to the next model up. You only get seven cores of GPU, GPU and not eight because you're back to the the uh, slightly less fancy chip, M1 chip. 
what you have. Is it, is it, is it, is it the MacBook Air that has the seven? Yeah, the basic the... MacBook. The basic MacBook Air has seven. Basic Mac. Seven core, and you you have to pay extra to get the eight. Yeah, core. you have to get the. I like. I went up to the bigger one to get the eight cores. Yeah. So you're, so you're not only getting two ports less and one core less. You're and also you don't get getting, the you don't get the Ethernet either. Yeah, and you um you're also only getting two hundred and fifty six gigabytes as standard yep. of hard drive. So if you want a bigger hard drive, you're gonna have to pay for either yeah, an external absolutely. drive. Yeah, you're dead right, or, Jim, because I'm yeah. just looking at the cost and it's the the five twelve gig storage with eight gig of RAM mm-hmm. uh, with a twenty four inch um screen, sixteen hundred and forty nine. Yes. So you, uh, so you take your Mac Mini and your 4K t- uh, screen, and you can and 16 gigs of memory, and you compare it against the iMac. The iMac is quite expensive if you go much, you know, much. Um... That's where Apple always goes, isn't it? As yeah. soon as you start, yeah. you know, adding. Well, the the well, uh, right. I think Steve hasn't had. To... There are yeah, a few of the variables. Yeah, but Steve's not got a word in edgeways here, so I think we should ask Steve if he's got anything to say. <laughs> Uh, no, I was, I'm actually looking at the prices as, you, as you're talking, trying to compare them like for like to see. And uh, I think the the Mac Mini is, is the answer, really. Um, I'm actually saving for one of those and don't think I'm going to get the new iMacs at all for price-wise. The Mac Mini is the winner. Yeah. But then if you were to go like for like, then you buy speakers. And then if you've got to buy that keyboard separately, you do, you are, I think you're saving about two, three hundred pounds, which is still obviously quite a big saving but then you get more it's i don't know it's it's a weird this, this is what i was saying when we had like the yeah, pre-show mark, thing what, what, mark what you've got to work out is that how much flexibility do you want with that complete unit because one of the things that i i, I actually had the problem of is i got multiple people sitting using this particular desk who couldn't use the iMac screen and it was a great big ruddy 27 inch screen you know with their their be- massive bezel um and basically it was sat there in front of them and they couldn't use it so they'd have to use either their laptop screen or have you know set up another screen and it was such a clutter uh on the desk whereas if you go it and now that's obviously if you have that as an issue I had it as an issue. It was part of my buying decision. But what I also wanted to do was to be able to have a Mac Mini, which I could sell separate from a decent screen, which I was quite happy with. Now, I sold my old iMac as well. And the problem is I've got to sell the whole thing. It's it's all or nothing. So it's it's just a matter of how much flexibility you want. The fact that they are very similar in power, whereas they never used to be, that used to be a big difference. You know, there was a big differential there in the power difference between the two machines. Whereas now, Mac Mini and this this particular iMac, we don't know what's going to happen when they go to the bigger screen, which I don't think will be a 27-inch. It will be a bigger uh, screen than that. Um, as these are very similar in power, it, you know, it's a matter of flexibility options, really. I don't think the, you know, the extra cost of the keyboard and the mic, yeah, I, I get that, but, I, you know, you can you can calculate that in, and there is still a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it it's it's a delight. It's, it is truly a delightful dilemma to be in because mm. you just mm. sort of have to go. What form factor do I want? I'm actually yeah. thinking, um, my for me, my two options would be Mac Mini or maybe look at the, um, I want to say MacBook Pro, but I can't see enough of the difference to make it worthwhile and just see, or the MacBook Air 16 gig and then 
docking it. So when I'm at home, I can just whack it in, dock it, 4K screen, happy days. And when I'm away, I've got a more capable iPad. I mean, here's if a question I would... for you all then. Here's a question for you all then. Do we think now that they've got a level playing field that the next update is going to be across the board? I don't. They haven't done the iMac Pro yet. No, I think that's that. I think that's going to be a completely different machine. I think that's going to be. I think when the iPad, um, I, when the iMac Pro comes out, that is going to be a level above. And I think, I, I think that's going to that's going to be aimed at a completely different market. So you still think there's going to be an iMac Pro? Well, well, I, I, not so much an iMac Pro, but they will. Di- I think it will be ta- kind of it will be touted in the press and you know the likes of mm. us as the Pro version because it'll have that much bigger screen and right. they'll, prob- they'll probably put more power in it. I think. Yeah, I, I, I um, thought it was interesting that the, the, the this new iMac is a twenty-four inch screen and not a twenty-one like the previous ones. So um, I like the size twenty-four inch. So it's a nice compromise. Yeah. 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 Well, I think. The 21-inch is, you know, I mean, originally they used to do 19 and I think they originally they did 19 and 21 and then they they had a 21 and a 24, I think, and then 21 and 27. Um, You know, screens are just getting bigger and bigger, you know. On a desktop, I think 21 and a half inches these days would be considered undersized. So it makes sense to go to 24, to be honest. And then the next one, uh, I'm with I'm with Gaz on this one. The next one's probably going to be, what, 30 inches or something? 28 well, inches? At least. At least. I, 30 I inches? Think be, yeah, 32. 32. Yeah. Maybe 32. Um, because, you know, monitors are going up to that sort of size now. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, my thoughts about it was I looked at it. I, I liked the idea, you know, the return of the colours, and they were vibrant colours, not wishy-washy pastels like um, was it Mr. Prosser was touting that they were going to be these sort of pastel shades. I was glad to see that they were, you know, deep, vibrant shades. But here's my here's my thing: the fronts. Oh my God, no! What have you done? The the deep colour should have wrapped across the front. It really should, yeah. and the and the white bezels, I'm sorry, they're just like, what are you thinking? If you if you must have a pastel shade on the front, make the bezels match the bloody chin. It's just it just looks I don't know, it just all looks horribly out of kilter. I think they should have just done the deep colour all the way round and maybe had a pastel stand. I suppose the white uh, surround is to take away the fact that the screen isn't edge to edge, I suppose. I don't like it. I just think it... It's it, not as noticeable as a black border. No, not as noticeable as a black one, but yeah. I think you should. they should have either done the whole front pastel or mm. the whole front, the darker colour. I, I just... Mm. To me, I just looked at it and went, what? Yeah. Why? Well, well, the one thing that really I can't get over is there's no Apple logo on the front. That that to me is thrown me completely. Yeah, that you would threw think me a bit as well. Because, mm-hmm. and I think that is missing. And when you're looking at it from the front, it just looks like, um, yeah, it's a good looking computer, but it doesn't have that Apple thing to like stay. In that. So, I mean, how long is it going to be before it gets copied by Chinese manufacturers who are doing the same sort of thing? And, you know, they get like a little laptop board, stick it in the bottom, make it all in one. That's a space for just post-it notes. Exactly. Well, that's... That's for your Apple stickers or do you like phone? 
Yeah, that's right. That's that's why you, <laughs> they've realised that all those people, all those people, we've got drawers and drawers full of those white apple stickers that we've had forever and got no real use for. Now, that's why you, you stick the apple sticker that comes in the box on the front of your on the front of your iMac. Yeah, and. What you do with the channel is you put your password post-it note on. Well, exactly. As somebody posted on somebody posted on Twitter the the minute it was released, it was like, glad to see they've retained the post-it bar. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's expecting it to be um, edge-to-edge screen and no chin. Um, I think they've kept the chin because it's a sort of a, a bit iconic, to be honest. It's, a, it's become an iconic yeah. part of the, the iMac look. Um, uh, yeah, I wonder whether I mean I know that the M1s don't need it so much, but I wonder whether they're keeping that view for the the higher power one that's coming, where that aluminium base at the bottom there could also be used for cooling. Now I know that new ones run a lot cooler, but when we go up in power, that may be uh, an advantage that they'll have as well. I wonder if it's anything to do with the speaker system they've got in the the base. Yeah, of the it could be as computer. well. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's also that. Yes, I I, I mean they've got they've six speaker yeah, no. with the uh, with um you know true true spatial audio mm-hmm. i'm just wondering this yes you know putting it in an aluminium box may well help with the resonation of the speakers because they're downward firing as imax have had yeah. for a long time um and of course now with a magnetic uh connector which mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, at the first, famous I... comment about the power brick is external, so you can place it on the floor, out of the way. The power yeah, brick also, is ex- the power brick also... is ex- is external because you can't fit it in a bloody eleven millimetre thin case. <laughs> uh, there's also, case. A, there's also a, a socket in the power brick, isn't there? Yes, for the Ethernet, but only if yeah. you get the mid 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 or top range iMac, not on the base one. Did um did they miss a did they did they miss a trick here? Could they have put some USB ports in that as well? Don't know. Could have done, I suppose. Is <laughs> it color matched? Save that for the next version, mate. Now, not only Ethernet, but <laughs> is it is it color matched with a computer? Yes, yes. It's got a braided color matched cable with a magnetic um you know yeah. snap on connector, and they didn't call it MagSafe. Which was interesting. Um, of course, the main reason for that is is not because it's magnetic. It's because they don't have the depth in the case to do a traditional plug. It's as simple as that. They just don't. The, the damn thing's only eleven millimeters thick. You know, same reason the headphone jack has moved to the side, which actually strikes me as far more sensible. Uh, because you know, a three point five millimeter headphone jack is thicker than the iMac. You're really not an Apple apologist, are you? Because you said 11 millimetres thick. You should be saying 11 millimetres thin. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Ludicrous. It's, thinner, it's thinner than the Apple Watch. And one thing that's going to be interesting is I, I didn't quite catch all of it about the cooling, but I guess quite a few of us have monitors and PCs that are, sometimes get a healthy dose of direct sunlight. I wonder how it's going to cope with that because you really haven't got much in the way of space for electronics to get some airflow to it. Well, the electronics are just, I mean, did you see it? Back in the day, you know, I had RAM chips as big as that, practically. The thing's tiny. It's a tiny little board and and it's got two fans on it. So I don't, you know. They went to a lot of trouble to redesign the iMac 
and the keyboard, but they didn't change the Magic Mouse or the trackpad. And the Magic Mouse has still got the charging port on its backside. Well, I've never, I've never found that a problem though. I really haven't. I mean, everybody goes on about it, but you know, once a week, tip it, tip it on its side and plug it in for an hour, and your job's a good one. I mean, my Magic Mouse too. No, I, I just do want to make a cup of tea. Yeah, you know, I've never found you know that. Yeah, it's easy to make fun of, but I've never found that to be an issue. I really haven't. So I'm surprised nobody's actually come out with a third-party charging dock for it. Yeah, yeah, like it. Uh, I'd no idea. Maybe they have. I mean, mm. who? <laughs> it doesn't need that much charging. That's the truth, you know. Uh, Steve, you got any comments? Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm just surprised they haven't come up with a new mouse really where you can actually charge it wirelessly. And that's my biggest surprise. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so you could have a mouse mat with charging in it or something. Yeah. So even if you even when you're not using it, if it's just charging on the on the actual mat itself. Mm. So there you go. Over, uh, and the other thing, of course, that surprised me and none of us have mentioned is that it is an M1. I mean, let's face it. Most of us were speculating it would be an M1X or. Um, Gaz, do you think they're saving that for the bigger one? Do you think like yeah, the... I, I, I think I think a few weeks ago I'd said to Guy that actually if they bring an iMac out in this March because this was uh, how long ago it was March slash April yeah. event, it won't be uh, an upgraded um, M chip. It'll be the same chip. Uh, and what I thought was that they needed to get these out and moving because there's so much hype around that Mac Mini that then if they weren't careful, they, they would have missed the bus of that hype. And there's going to be a lot of people going out and buying this. Um, but that's why I'm expecting the possibly the iMac at next size up, whether that be a pro or not. Um, you know, as I said, I, before, yeah, I, 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 I don't think a pro. I don't that think would, I think. I don't think Apple will call it a pro, but we all no, know. No, I don't think it... they will. But I, yeah, but I think that may well be the the model that's got um, the next generation of M chip. Yeah, and I think that will come out probably with the larger MacBook Pro. Everybody's talking about, a, you know, mm, yeah, the, yeah. The, the MacBook Pro. Which will be interesting pro, because yeah. then the differentiation between what we deem to be entry level star, slash, you know, retail products will be the size of the screen. Yes. Yes, it will, because you'll be saying MacBook Air, 13-inch, MacBook Pro, 13-inch, um, MacBook Pro, probably 16-inch, and then iMac, 24-inch, and then iMac, big, big iMac. Uh, iMac Max. iMac Max. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, though, isn't it? Like, the, a lot of the hype, everyone's been talking about how good the MacBook Air is. The MacBook Pro has sort of been but it's almost like a forgotten contender now for some mm. reason. Yeah. And the same with the iMac, because obviously then you've got the iPad, um, which is, is could be phenomenal. The, just to come back to the iMac, one thing, the one thing that may sway me from going from uh, not going down the modular route is how good the speakers are, because I am desperate yeah. for a set of speakers, and they're going to be in the realms of about 100, 150 quid. So I'm going to factor that in uh, you know, to, to that equation. Yeah, but that iPad, that that's a confusing, confusing beast to me. Well, they've obviously we'll we, yeah we'll move on to that now. I mean, we've got um, you've got new iMac Pros, um, all with M1 chips. Um, iPads. Yeah, uh, the iPad Pros. Sorry, mm. um, with with M1 chip, 
which was a slight surprise, I think. Although maybe they're just taking advantage of the M1 hype. Um, you know, and let's face it, a a fourteen X slash M1 are probably pretty much the same thing. Um, courtesy of 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 Tim doing his Mission Impossible and sneaking in there and snatching one, uh, <laughs> which was amusing. Which was rather amusing. Um, they've done an eleven inch, which so it's upgraded to to the to the M1. That's about the only change to the um, the smaller iPad Pro. And then they've done the iPad Pro Max, the 13 or 12.9-inch one, which now comes with this liquid Retina XDR mini LED backlit um, screen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not an iPad person, so, you know... Uh, I'll leave this. I mean, Jim, you're you 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 know you're an iPad man, and I think Gaz is yeah. an iPad man. So I mean, um, I don't know about Steve. What about you, Steve? Yeah. Are you an iPad man? I am. But, yeah, they got a iPad Pro 2018, and they got to be fair that that's my daily machine for pretty much everything. Um, yeah, uh, much the same as well. Yeah, I, I, I got you know the iPad has actually gone really good. I had uh, the iPad three, and I wasn't impressed with that one, but the iPad Pro was I really really do enjoy. I, I did say a while ago that I thought... Well, the base-level iPad Pro, the 11-inch... Hello? I think he's either dropping out or... Yeah, I think he must be dropping uh, out. Yeah. No, I, I, for some reason, I think I'm using... I've just updated my iPad Mini, my old one. Uh, sorry, my iPad Pro, my really old one. And I think I'm. it's struggling to keep up with wire. So, sorry if I've interrupted there, uh, James. No, no, all, all I was going to say was, I did say a while back that I thought the, the iPad Pro would get the M1 chip. Uh, but well, although it's got that extra grunt uh, with that chip, it's still handicapped by the fact it runs iOS. I, I, I had hoped to see the Pro come with the ability to run macOS as well. In saying that, macOS is not designed for touch, but um, yeah. Well, that that is that's the irony, and that's always the argument I have on this show: is that every time I want to do something pro, mm. you get I get told like, oh, well, the iPad's not for you because it can't do pro stuff. But then don't use the word pro, and it's like video editing. Yeah, you can do video editing, but if you want to go past the basics of, let's say, image stabilization, if you want to do ramp uh, like smooth smooth animations, like ease them in, ease them out, um, all that sort of stuff. You just get told, well, the iPad's not designed for that. So, okay, what about music? Logic Pro. Well, the iPad isn't designed for that. And you're right, it's, it is the iPad OS, which is mimicking Big Sur, but I would, if I was to get the iPad, as much as I love it, I love the form factor, I love the battery life, I would even go and happily spend, he says in air quotes, if I could afford it, the 350 quid on the magic um, the magic keyboard with the stand, which doesn't work on the old ones. But I, I would just be going through the things of, okay, if I want to do this part of my video, I've now got to wait till I get in front of a computer to be able to do it. And also, I mean, even the basics of games. Um, one of my big bone bearers, bug bearers this week is the NBA Jam, not NBA Jam, the basketball series from EA. That's NBA 2K, whatever it is which looks quite good. It doesn't look as good as, as I would say as a Nintendo Switch version, but it's a hobbled product. You don't get the depth and breadth of all, you know, all the games. And I think if you're going to come out with this iPad, then there should have been some 
killer AAA title that comes out to it or some killer app to say, right, well, we've looked at Adobe Photoshop or Affinity products, not just say they're going to run faster because that's a message we get year in, year out. Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful machine. It's technically impressive, but you summed it up perfectly. Where is the pro software? They showed you they showed you an iPad connected to a, a large display. Uh, you obviously have a mouse and a keyboard and all that. So it was, it was trying to mimic a full-sized Mac Pro or a Mac, iMac, uh, but you're still running iOS. Um, the, the, the other the other thing was I, I thought about was uh, they've now made the 11-inch Pro not a Pro because it's got a less better screen than. You know, okay, it's got a good screen compared to an, an iMac, uh, an iPad Air, but the 11 inch has got a lesser display than the 12 inch because the 12 inch has got the XDR uh, mini LED display. So it's not a pro, as pro as the pro, if you can get, get what I mean. <laughs> the, other, the, other, the other thing that scared me was uh, if you go to the top, the top model of the iPad, uh, the 12 inch. Two terabyte model. You're going to pay two thousand one hundred and forty nine quid for an iPad. What the heck? Now and and also, did everybody notice that um for the first time ever, as far as I'm aware, Apple mentioned how much RAM you can get. Yeah, that's. I think part of that is because you can actually tell because they're putting the M1 chip in. Yeah. So you you get all of that information. So I think they would have they would look silly if they, they had yes if they kind of that as well. <laughs> I agree, but um, it... I think I think there are other plans for this. Um, I don't think they're ever going to run a Mac software on the iPad. And I, I know James, you're saying that you know it's mm. uh, hunkered down by the iOS system, but it's it's improved and improved and improved, and it's still the standard for tablets. You know, that if you go out, I've seen other people using other tablets and I look at them going, good grief, you know, and you think that's easier to use. Yeah. So it's still the model um, or the tablet that's in the marketplace, which I well, think it's, wins it's... most of the hearts. But I think they've got ulterior motives. I think there's there's a long game going on here that we don't know yeah. about. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't be surprised if at WWDC they actually said that they're going to start bringing out some of the, the Mac software, mo- like um, your final cut and things like that for the new iPad Pro. I'd be really surprised if they didn't do that. Now you've got the M1 chip in there. It, 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 did, it did come to, th- to my mind that uh, possibly when we get uh, iOS 15, uh, that we'll see some major changes. I think that. I was um, going to say that. I think you know yeah. iOS 15 is not going to be far away. They've already split iOS and you know you've got iOS for the phone and then you've got iPad OS so they've yeah, already differentiated yeah. it and it's got certain amount of multitasking and and so on now they've put the M1 in there they can probably go much heavier on that side with more multitasking more Mac like features without actually making it Mac OS the other thing of course if they're all running M1 they might say okay we're not you can't directly run Mac OS um applications on your ipad pro but you've got to remember people like affinity who have already you know their 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 products were m1 ready on day one um they have excellent ipad versions which are you know highly uh feature comparable if not feature you know uh identical and for them to take their desktop apps 
and put them onto the new iPad Pro is going to be even easier. All they're going to have to do really is worry about the interface changes that they need to make to make it touch compatible, which, you know, Ashley has said, one of the biggest things that they work on when they take um, an Affinity product from the Mac and put it onto the iPad is, you know, they don't worry much about the technicalities and the features because that's pretty much a given. What they have to worry about is working on the interface to make sure that it's, you know, easy enough to use properly on the iPad. And that's going to become ever easier. So I could see over time, they might be iPad OS applications, but they are not going to have to necessarily be cut down versions of the Mac apps. I think like Gaz, I think there's a I think there's a long game going on here. Um, Do you think maybe there's a cloud version of the software coming coming along? You, you use the iPad as an interface to, you know, like like Lightning. You can get, you know, in Photoshop, you do it online. Um, mm, so you get you get the power of the, you know, the cloud. I, I mean, that's always an option, but I, you're kind of throwing away the the benefits of of the M1 if you do that. Really, mm. there are still some tasks which it, it's better to have um, the source product and you know the the software together and that's why they've produced that m1 chip so that everybody everything speaks to each other much quicker so i get where you're coming from jim and i I think there will be as we move forward some sort of combination of being able to download stuff and uh, extra items from the cloud but i don't think that is the complete end game that apple's playing no i the other possibility is that just using the m1 sorry go on jim all the products I'm just saying that it could just be simply that uh, they're using the M1 product and that every device they've got, and it, 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 you're you're basically cost. saving saving costs. Yeah. You know, in the long run, one chip does everything. One ring if an M1 can run, if a, if an M1 can run Mac OS, then why can't the iPad Pro? I'm sure it can. I'm sure it can, but that's not. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's not where Apple. It headed. used to be was <clears throat> that apps. I mean, it used to be with the iPad that you had you had the RAM and excuse me, you had the RAM and that was it. You couldn't go out of that RAM and say use a swap file or temporary memory or anything like that. But now, what I understand, it's all integrated. Then it's basically the size of the RAM plus the size of your storage is almost literally a little bit up for grabs. But then it depends on where they want to take the iPad. If they could do the final cut on the iPad, that's my ideal machine. But now mm. I can't have that because the iPad isn't that machine. You start mm. looking at laptops, and then yeah, but, the, but there are more features with the with the iPad, like the the speakers upgraded, the five microphones, and you sort of think, well, Apple have resisted doing any changes for ages. Was that just because of the lockdown and the pandemic? They decided that now was the time to upgrade all that. Mm. I'll admit I'm, I'm in the market uh, to replace my iPad Pro that I've got just now. I've got a, a nine-inch model, and it's I'm finding there's, there's an awful lot of crashing apps just now. Uh, so I think it's on the way out. Plus the battery's not lasting as long now. So I'm looking at possibility of either going for the the iPad Air four top model, which gives me gives me is it 256 gigs of memory. Or going for the base model um, um, iPad Pro, um, around about the same price. Hmm. Yeah, 
Well, the, the iPad Pro has got the other advantage of having the lightning port now. Um, Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt, sorry. Thunderbolt USB 4. Yes. Uh, which might be a, a more future-proofed device. And it uh, also, connection. you know, means connecting peripherals to it is going to be mm. a lot easier. Um, yeah, so it might be worth going for the Pro. The bottom of the range Pro, the 11-inch. Yeah. Um, also, of course, they released a new Magic Keypad stand, now also available in white. <laughs> Um, now, there's I've, there's been a lot of stuff about this because the new iPad Pro 12.9 inch is half a millimeter thicker than the previous one, um, and people are saying, and I think Apple possibly are saying that um, if you've got a Magic Keypad stand version one and you uh, you know and a 12.9 and you buy a new 12.9. Uh, you're going to have to buy a new keypad stand because of the half a mil difference. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that Apple make things that tight. However, um, people online have said that if you get like seven sheets of printer paper and put in, I've seen people saying that they've got a you know a 12.9 and the original uh, you know Magic Key Stand. I don't know what it's called. Um, if you put seven sheets of printer paper in there, which makes just over half a mil, it seems to be fine. So that's a kind of, I don't know, if you were thinking about it, you might want to check it. But there's no guarantees because I believe Apple was saying the original uh, keypad stand is not compatible with the new 12.9, which is a bit what of a the, are, kick. Are the old Apple pencils compatible or do you have to, If I suppose oh. that... Okay, the two, second yeah, generation. Right? Yeah, it, it's compatible so, with the. They didn't change the pencil, so Apple Pencil Two is fine. Yeah, but the original one that I've got, uh, it's not. But it hasn't been compatible with uh, most of the devices in your devices for quite some time. So no, well, it could have um, been. It could, could have been. It could have brought out a third version of the pencil. Yes, they could. Uh, I mean, uh, this uh, isn't. It. Sorry, I've just sorry to butt in. I've just noticed something on the terms and conditions. Uh, and it says here, the displays of rounded corners. When measured diagonally is a rectangle. The iPad Pro 12.9 screen is 12.9 inches, and the iPad Pro 11-inch screen is 11 inches. Actual viewable area is less, which makes sense, because you are measuring the uh, the radius of the corners. So I wonder how much actual visible size you do get uh, of the iPads. I think what you what that means is you're getting well, you're just losing sort of a millimetre at each corner, aren't you, because of the radius. Because oh, the, it's the same with you. you know, the um the actual class action suit incoming. <laughs> the actual screen is square. The you know It's the same with your uh, your uh, your uh, hard drive space. You get two hundred and fifty six gigabytes, but you don't actually get the full two hundred and fifty six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You lose something <laughs> somewhere. So, so what is everyone's thoughts? Again, on the iPad, I really wish Apple had come out with an app that that was a killer, killer app. Instead of just going, everything you have will run faster. That's what was lacking for me. But overall, what did people think of the revelation of the same chip across all the devices, I wonder? Um, I honestly don't think real world is going to make much of a difference. I really don't. No. No. Um, no, I mean, for, for again, you what you've got to try and work out is who's buying these machines and what are they using it for? Because that's where your differential comes in. Somebody with a, you know, just doing all the normal day-to-day stuff, you, the standard iPad is just absolutely 
tremendous. However, what proportion of those people see that they could buy um, a slightly more expensive, or well, not quite a lot more, but a slightly more expensive if you go for the base model 11-inch one, and they're going to get a chip, which they're hearing in the news is the next step generation of chip making. Um, you know, those people are going to buy it. Now, Apple's long-term goal there is those people are going to be holding on to that device for a long, long time. But will it make them, you know, if they're not already in the Mac ecosphere, will it bring them into the Mac ecosphere? Um, now, professionals, now, professionals, let's, let's clarify that word. People who make a money utilizing these devices are they so worried? Because a lot of these devices get bought and sold for doing jobs and making their life easier and quicker because that's how generally they make the money. And if buying one of these makes their processing quicker, they don't care. They're going to go out and buy it um, because it makes their life easier, quicker, so they can earn more money. Um, now, you've got that middle ground where a, a number of people, I think, on this and many other podcasts sit where I'm not going to be disparaging here, but they think they're professionals. <laughs> um, but, but And they're using the devices almost to a professional standard. I'm not going to deny them that. But they're not actually making money out of it, but they'd like to get up to that level. And, I'm, I, you know, this is where we don't see the figures coming in from Apple and the use case. Because most people probably let Apple see how they're using their devices. And that's what drives Apple forward. And that's what drives their longer-term decision-making. Definitely, definitely, Gabe. Um, and the other thing, you, as you raise that, the other thing that you, you kind of have to bring bring up is if you are using these devices to make money, okay, you can get you can get a tax break if you buy them. A lot of these people can buy, you know, they could buy an iMac. They think that's what they want. They could buy the current iMac. Yeah, that will suit me for now. You buy it. You write it down as a business expense. You know, you can get a VAT you get your VAT back and, and all that. And then if Apple release a new one in six months' time, they can say, right, well, I'll, you know, they're not worried about or don't yeah. have to be so worried. So worried, ab yeah. You know, about, oh, well, if I only have it nine months, they can sell it and buy another one. Well, it'll be a write-down in the business. Most businesses will have a write-down on that. Exactly. As well on, so on by the, the time, you know, if you've... So. I mean, my computer equipment, if I remember now, only has a write-down time of, I don't know, two, two and a half years or something. Yeah. It used to be, for a lot of things, it used to be seven. I think I remember that the government dropped um, IT equipment down to three years. might even be two now. Um, so, you no, know, you can buy an iMac, use it, nine months down the line, newer, bigger, better one comes along. Right, I'll have that and I'll sell the other one. Um, whereas... No, the rest of us who don't make money using this equipment, you're thinking, right, this is a long-term investment. What do I buy? How long am I going yeah, to keep so it? It's those, it's those smaller businesses that need to watch the pennies that, you know, have to have a real think about these devices. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I, you know, WWDC is not that far away. And I'm, I'm really expecting to see some fairly hefty changes to certainly the iPad OS and, um, probably some more revisions to you know the mac os so mm. well obviously there'll be more revisions but they you know i think they might be i think big sir obviously later you know apple do this thing where every few years they bring out a an os which changes a lot of things and then that becomes a foundation for the next three or four years as they build on that and then they do another radical kind of quote unquote radical upgrade so uh, 
I expect to see quite a lot of changes this year. Um, I've no idea what, because I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a clairvoyant. But um, I expect to see some quite exciting developments all across the board at WWDC. Yeah, as I say, I think there's definitely a long game going on here that we're obviously not privy to. Well, yeah, and the usual, the usual probably thing... wouldn't be talking on this podcast if we were privy to it. No, if, if we're honest, <laughs> no, we wouldn't. But um, and. Often Kelly Gamont says this quite a lot, and I agree with her that often you can you can see the dots joining up when you look mm. back because yeah, yeah. unless you're very perspicacious, often Apple do this and then they do that and then they zig over there and do something else and then all of a sudden they bring out a big new thing and it's like yeah using U1 and T2 and whatever yeah whole slew of things they've introduced after the over the last few years and then they go bang here is something fabulous and new based on all these things we've gradually uh, brought into being um and then you look back and think oh yeah look that's blindingly obvious except it's not <laughs> until it happens because that's how apple roll um there we go well i think we've pretty much covered it all now um anybody got anything else they want to add about any of it no, again, no. no I really. think I think I think it was a fairly slick um, uh, event as usual, and I, I I think a lot of people now are, are hoping that they don't go back to the event, um, you know, where they have people coming in and sitting in an audience and doing the endless clapping and then the transits. I think the problems with those as well is when they bring software developers on and they have to have obviously an X time period to do their demos, and that's where I think they elongate now they've got it down to an hour you think how many products they've then talked about in that hour yeah yeah Yeah. if they can keep that going great so i was a bit you know the tongue-in-cheek stuff that they're doing tim cook being you know mission impossible not sure whether he could do that or not you know trying to try to show his human smiley side Mm, yeah Mm. um but no, no, I enjoy I mean, it. Slick. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to hear Mark's um, uh, uh, thoughts on the the video cuts. That would. I think that would. Well, I, I do very, 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 very basic um, video editing, and you can tell if you listen to a lot of the announcements. They talk in a paragraph, like one or two words, a sentence like this. There would be a pause, but then they start. You can almost tell where the full stop has been written. There's been a gap and they say, right, let's do another take because they really do splice the audio close together. And whereas I, the diversity, the range people they have up is great, but they all talk with the same pace and the same cadence. There's no personalities there. You you don't. And that's what I'm missing from it. It's a very, very slick and they are straying. And you mentioned this earlier on into the whole core presentation thing with the whole being underwater then the zooming shots it's losing that that feel and vibe and it's becoming more like a it's becoming quite powerpointy yeah i suppose i suppose in a way the the one thing of, of a live event is the spontaneity that you may get from that which they've obviously lost by doing this because it's so and if you notice so as well clean. Yeah, that's that's the word. That is exactly summing up pivot. Like all the edits, they're so clean. There's no stutters. That it's lost that connection between me and watching the. It's like um, it's like a show. We got segment one, two, three, four, mm. five, six. The transitions are good, but it's almost like they're veering into. Hey, look how clever we can be with our slick transitions and stuff like that. And it's all. It's 
I don't know how much longer they can go with this format before they almost veer into Microsoft's sort of territory with it. Not to say that it isn't good, but I just want to feel a bit of Apple's passion instead of Tim Cook, like saying, we love our products. Everything we do is for you. It's very clinical. Uh, yes. Clean. Mm. It's too clean and too clean. Not that it's, and yes, I'm, I'm missing those funny moments when you get Schiller saying, oh, can't invent my ass or Craig Federighi does a random or the be it very scripted callback to the first time he did a presentation and his hands were shaking on the keyboard. So, yeah, I see why people like this new format because it's easily digestible, but it's lacking that fizz. Mm, I get that. Yeah, um, I, I quite like them. I, I do get where you're coming from that it, it almost, you know, it's almost veering into too slick. But um, I hope they don't go back to full-on um, live events. I would like to see a more hybrid version, maybe, um, oh, where if they if they have in-person events, which I guess will come back again, where they have more, where they have more video segments. Do you remember in the old, you know, in the, back in the old days? Obviously, there'd be people on stage, and then they'd say, "And we'd love to show you a video about this." I think they could have more video, you know. The, the main chunks could be video sections with pre- sort of people talking live on stage in between. Um, I don't know. I really don't. Um, depends how long the pandemic keeps going, doesn't it? <laughs> well, the, the good thing about it is it's not over long because you, know, you, had, you had occasionally uh, uh, keynotes going into the over the two hour mark. Um, so at least it's not over long. Um, yeah, but you could do with a wee bit more life. Yeah, I think so, a lot of less fancy video edits, as you say, in it. But keeping the if they do go back to like you say live talking, just keep it down shorter because the one hour is, is much better than the two and two and a half hours that we've been having in the past. The the only thing I would say about the one hour format is I like the way they change it up because if you have a when they're ramping through it and you get to fifty like fifty five minutes and you know that they're starting to wrap up, you sort of think, oh, I was kind of just after that just that little bit more, that one more thing. But when they start going over the hour and knocking on the one hour 30 window, thinking, yeah, they've got something planned here. But, and also, they need to sort out some of their green screening and their augmented reality because <laughs> it's very, very subtle. But yeah, they just need to ease off a little bit. Yeah. Or more lens flares. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, who spotted the who spot, spotted the Ted Lasso uh, shortbread recipe at the end of the credits? I heard about it. I didn't spot it, but I heard about it. Yeah, yeah apparently it's online now as well. The full recipe. So yeah, the Ted Lasso shortbread recipe. It uh, appeared at the end of the. I don't think it was in full, actually. I think, but because um, I didn't, you know. But it no, was they had the... the top half of the characters. But and that's the thing. It's like we need a little bit more of that. I mean, that was a really nice touch. But then the cynic in me goes, if it hadn't been for the success of Ted Lasso, or Lasso, they wouldn't have done that. So. Yes, it's nice to have the Easter egg, but then the cynical, you know it's been, oh, right, everyone's talking about this show, so let's put a drop in an Easter egg here. Well, of course, yeah. You're not going to stop them from doing that. I I, I get that. No, but I, I think those sort of things are fun. I do. Mm. Um, very much so. It, you know, I enjoy it. And Mythic Quest is coming back as well. Yes. Because I love Mythic Quest. I think it's brilliant. It's, you know, if you haven't watched it, it's, it's another Ted Lasso kind of character-led com- comedy. It's about a bunch of game developers who are creating a sort of World of Warcraft game. 
but that's just a peg to hang the characters on. It's not really about game development at all. There you go. Um, right. Well, I think we should uh, wrap up. And uh, so um, let's start. Uh, Steve, where can people find you? You can find me over on Twitter and geekscorner underscore UK, or I've got a website, geekscorner.info. Excellent. Uh, all these are in the show notes, of course. Uh, so if you want to find Steve, just follow the links in the show notes. Um, Gaz. Uh, ever so easy. Uh, on Twitter, at Gazmaz. That's G-A-Z. Gaz. Yes, Gaz. Yes, Gaz. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, also, over on the uh, the MyMap podcast, there is a, a website, but... Uh, Guy and I try to do something on a weekly basis, and we also are on the My Mac Network, hence the name. Indeed. Very good. Uh, Jim? Oh, hello, Jim. Okay. Mark? Do it for him. Do it for him. Do it for him. <laughs> do it for him. Right, it looks like Jim's fallen off the stream. So you can find Jim uh, on Flickr as uh, SRPS, I think, uh, Workshop. And he's uh, the administrator of the uh, Essential Apple Flickr group. And, of course, he's in the Slack. Okay, he's just sending me a message. It's SRPS Paint Shop uh, is his uh, is his Flickr. Um, and uh, links, anyway, links, he's on Vimeo and elsewhere. Links will be in the show notes, of course. Uh, Mark. No, at the moment I've not been very active with any of my projects. So you can simply get me on Twitter at Ocean Speed. Jolly good. Okay, and I, of course, can be found in the Slack room. If you want to join our Slack room, link is in the show notes. That will get you straight in. I'm pleased to say, over the last few months, we've had uh, quite a few people join us, which is nice. And uh, oh, Jim is Jim is back. Jim is back. Hello, Jim. Do you want? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to do? Do you want to do your own uh, your own outro? No, then? no, you're all right. You're, you're okay. all right. No. It just oh, it seems to be one of these days. Everybody's dropping out. I know. We've not had a, we've not had a, a show like this for months. It must, it must be the sunshine. Yeah, it's probably me. I come back and it all goes wrong. <laughs> I think I think Mark might actually be on a bit of a lag, which is why he keeps um, kind of catching up. Anyway, there we go. Uh I can be found uh, on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show tweets as at Essential Apple. All our stuff is over at EssentialApple.com. And uh, as usual, just time to say thank you for listening. Thank you for everybody who supports us by retweeting us or sending us money, uh, you know, all the usual things. And uh, until next week, we'll all say goodbye. So goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Cheerio. Goodbye. And wear a mask. Ta-da! You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. 
This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hello and good evening. This is Gaz for the MyMac Podcast. And we know you have your pick of high-quality, downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, Old Bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac Podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact... We restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... Guy, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about ten laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for MyMac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important. Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz, and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. Well, that would explain why he was doubled over at the time. The MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it. Era copper. Until then, goodbye.